Uh, let's start from Psalm 67, from, we'll read the whole chapter. God be gracious to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Read that one more time, verse um, 7. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Amen. 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 For time's sake, we'll not analyze this now, but this is what the Lord will do for us in the name of Jesus Christ. This will be our testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. It will happen that God will be gracious to us and he will bless us. And he will cause his face to shine upon us. That's what it says in verse 1 and that's what we are declaring. God will be gracious to us and he will cause his face to shine upon us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Where the ground was dry before, like I was saying, uh, was it uh, yesterday? Yes. That in the beginning, you see what David said here. All right, in verse 6. The earth has yielded its produce. That is, the curse has been broken. That's what it means. What did I say? Remember, the earth will not yield its produce was a curse that God gave to Adam and he gave to Cain. But now he's saying to us, the earth has yielded its produce. I feel like saying to somebody today, Nigeria will yield for you. Amen. He doesn't have a choice. Blessings are not matters of chance. They are commanded. Let me say that one more time. Blessings are not matters of chance. They are what? They are commanded. The Lord has commanded a blessing for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And why is he doing it? Look at what he says. It's so that all the peoples will praise him. I hope you're getting my point. All the peoples will what? We praise him. In your life, all the peoples will praise him. This is a matter of fact. In this nation, all the peoples will praise God. I don't have time to explain this. Let me just say to you, in this nation, all the peoples will praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The time for the manifestation of his kingdom has come. Everybody will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Listen. Everybody will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. They will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. In this country, they will acknowledge it. In the north, they will acknowledge it. In the south, they will acknowledge it. In the east, they will acknowledge it. In the west, they will acknowledge it. In every corner of this nation, Jesus will be shown to be Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can I yourself notice some people? If you are a doer of wickedness, Repent, because the axe has been laid at the root. We were saying one earlier. In fact, that one is exciting me. Children will go to school, special center. They will write answer for them on the board. Government will send questions, either NECO or WAIC, or even state uniform examination. And the schools will write the answers on the board. Now, I want you to hear what God is going to do. A few principals will go to jail. Make up your mind whether you'll be the one or not. To. Those of you who are hearing me, go and tell somebody that principals are going to go to prison. We don't, why normally send somebody for the exam? A few will go to prison. Listen, no be option of fine. They will cool their heels in jail. 
It will happen. Now, usually when God wants to start, He won't send 500. It's just two or three. Two or three, pack your bags. You are going. Did you hear what I said? People will go to jail because of that. Now, did I mention anybody's name? God did not write Judas' name for that job he did. Judas chose to be a thief. Those who will not listen to me. In fact, those who will say, eh, this is not Nigeria, what will happen? They are the ones that God will put in prison. Yes, just to teach everybody else a lesson. If you are a doer of iniquity, I serve you notice on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming rapidly to judge. Please say amen, wants it. Amen. When you say amen, you are saying, do it, Lord. That's what it means. <laughs> you know I'm smiling? Pastors. Pastors. Every one of you that come to church, and it is how much the sermon will bring, that is a plan. Your pulpit will be removed. Amen. Everyone that plants a branch, how much offering can they give me that neighborhood is a plan. That church will close. Yeah. Everyone that does Thanksgiving so that those who stole money can come and give. The crisis that will come out from it. Eh? The Lord have mercy on you. That's all I can say. But you won't like it. Though. You will not like it. Listen, the time has come for the Lord to hallow his own name. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yes, to put glory upon the name of Jesus again. That time has come. All the, you see, you must understand what they call patience, the patience of the Lord. So he's been watching it for a long time. He said, because I did not say anything, you thought I was just like you. But he's not like that. Let me tell you some things we do. You know, in every generation, there are things that people do that the Lord hates, but they continue to do. But he wants let me give you a simple example. They came to John the Baptist. They will say, what must we do? He will say to the soldiers, don't extort money from people. He will say to the tax collectors, don't collect more than you are supposed to collect. You know, he says something to each person. You know what that means? Usually in each generation, each set of people tend to have one abnormality that they have, be- they have made normal. And those are the things that God will target in judgment. Let me give you some things that the Lord is going to judge. If you come publicly to come and declare your offering, the Lord will judge it. Yeah, it's a bad habit that we have made normal in the body of Christ. And I'm saying Jesus is tired of it. Any church that promotes people because of offering, God will judge it. Anybody that ordains any, you know, ordained deacon, pastor because of offering, Jesus will judge it. You see, you must understand that he's tired He's tired. We are living in the generation where the Lord is, I can't use the word frustrated. Which one can I use now? He, anyway, his rod is full. You got the word. Holy Spirit, reveal that one to you. His displeasure is full. And it's going to boil over on people. It's going to boil over on people. That's why I'm sounding the warning. His displeasure is going to boil over. The things that we are, hey, by the way, Pastor. The one that when girls come to church, you start chasing them. Go and read the story of Hophni and Phinehas. What's the name of their father? Eli. Go and read it. They did not show regard to the offerings of the Lord, and they slept with the women that came to serve in the tent of meeting. 
The other day, I was adjusting with that. Some pastors got down and laughing. Calling girls in church bushmeat. Yes. And they were laughing. They want church bushmeat. See, there's a sin you commit. Your problem, God will punish you. But the one that you now used to put a bad name, give the Lord a bad name, double punishment. You know when God punished David? David knelt down and said, sorry, I'm just saying, like, ah, God said, yes, you did, sorry. He said, but you understand that because of you, the name of the Lord is being blasphemed. Get ready. This is the season of divine judgment. Please obey God. Don't joke with him. Father, we thank you. Let's take our declaration of understanding and we sit down and continue teaching. Are we ready? One to let's go. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. God is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. A blessing is prepared for you again today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as soon as, that is, as long as you pay attention, it will not elude you. Amen. I don't know what your own is, but something special has been prepared for you. Amen. It will not elude you. Amen. You won't miss it. Amen. All you need to do what? All you need to do is what? Amen. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. All right, quickly, let's open our Bibles again. Second Samuel chapter 23. I just want to use that one to start. Now, what, what do we read from Second um, Samuel chapter 23? It's just a description of David. Let me just read a few lines there. He said, he's a man who was raised on high by God, the anointed of the God of Jacob. And the sweet psalmist of Israel. I picked those uh, three lines from that first verse of chapter 23. David, the man who was raised up so high. David, the man anointed by the God of Israel, uh, the, by the God of Jacob. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. So we are taking examples and lessons from this man's life. And what I want to go in, into again, we began it last time. Is to show the fact that God actually lifts people. It is not we that we lift ourselves. It is God that lifts people. Lifting is not a game of chance. Lifting is by divine appointment. It's by divine determination. That is, the Lord determines where he's going to put you. Let me say something to, you, to everyone quickly. Remember this. Don't ever forget it. There is nothing Satan can give you that God did not plan to give you. I will say that one more time. There is nothing Satan can give that God did not plan to give. Did you hear what I said? If God said you will never have money, Satan can give you. Did you like sacrifice your great-grandfather, the Igwe of your village, your great-grandchildren, your cousins, and then yourself. They say that's how they, <laughs> that's how they get it in the cult. You won't get it. 
Sometimes people have this wrong impression that Satan can just, you know, he can just do anything he likes. He will just wake up and decide that today, this is what I want to do. Except that it does not work like that. Please, let's get it. It does not work like that. Many things he wants to do, that's the devil. He can't do. He has to obtain permission. Many people who teach faith don't believe this, but it's the truth. That if God doesn't grant him something, he cannot do it. The Bible makes that clear. Many times people will be saying that Satan, I said, forget it. Satan does not even say some things you are claiming that he says. He can't. Except, of course, he's trying to deceive. He comes and says, I'm going to kill you today. If Satan ever tells you that the devil appears to you and says, I'm going to kill you today, you will die faster if you pray about it. Did you hear what I said? You don't seem to like it. All of you looking like... If the devil comes and tells you, mm, I've got you, I'm going to kill you today, you will die faster. You say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, he wants to kill me. Don't let him kill me. I will not let him die. I rebuke you. That's how to die quicker. If you don't want to die, spit in his face and continue what you are doing like nobody said anything. Did you hear what I said? I will kill you today. You look, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Say, yes, say it's not possible. You're not talking to me. That is how to live and not die. If you start praying in the name of Jesus, if you must alter a word, hmm? just give him the word of God. In fact, I don't even feel like going to say in the, it is written. <laughs> just leave that one. This, it is written that you see Jesus used was against temptation, not against threat. It wasn't against threat. It was against temptation. I said, get away from there. Let me, I beg, so, let, we are busy. I want to give you today. You know why? He can't. Why did I say what I said? It's because it's that, it's that suggestion he wants to put in your mind. And I feel you will have, have done him a great service by making it an issue. We watched too many movies as we were growing up which empowered the devil in our lives. It gave a lot of power to Satan. Power that he doesn't have. Let me remind us again. There are few things he can do. Things that the Lord has given to him. He has the power to tempt. God gave him that one. Even that one, there's a limit. He's not allowed to tempt you beyond that which you can bear. With every temptation, God gives a way of escape. So the one that God has not provided a way of escape, he doesn't let him bring it to you. Please, when you, you, you get my book, God help, uh, Helping Us, in the book I explained why sometimes it appears as if there's no way of escape. Let me drop that. It's a digression, but just for a minute. Usually why it appears like there's no way of escape is that the time to resist the sin has passed. We are now trying to prevent the sin that has been conceived from birthing. When sin has been conceived, it gives forth. You know, when loss has been conceived, it, it gives birth to what? To sin. So many times, it's that birthing process that people try to resist. God said, resist in the conception process. Did you get what I said? So that's why sometimes it appears as if there is no way of escape. Now, I don't want to sit on that to take me away from my message. But get the book, Worship and Sex Control. I explained it inside there. 
I'm just going to emphasize that even, even though Satan has a power to tempt, he can't just tempt the way he likes. God gives him the limit. He also has the power to deceive. Again, there's a limit. You can't just deceive you. When I say there's a limit now, you have to accept the deception. And what normally helps you accept the deception, let me say something. One major reason you accept deception of Satan is because there's something already in your heart. Let me give you an example. You will not surely die. That he said to Eve. And they say we are naked. All those things put together. Jesus said, who told you you were naked? He says, because you have eaten of a fruit. So the kind of things you eat determines the kind of things you hear and accept. I hope you're getting my point. It doesn't have an inelastic power even to deceive. That's another form of temptation in itself. You can refuse to be deceived. When we are falling for deception for his temptation, then he has the power to accuse. Then, what is accusation? Accusation is something that is inherent in him. It's whether you have something to accuse concerning or not. It's what we can modify. The prince of this world is coming, but he what? He has nothing in me. Nothing. So it's possible for him to come and there is nothing. It's possible for him to come and there is nothing. Please, let's bear that in mind. All right? So I'm going to emphasize that Satan doesn't just have power anyhow. And then last of all, he has the power of death if God grants it as a result of successful accusation. But don't ever have the impression that Satan just gets up and does anything he likes. Please bear in mind. He can't make, that's actually the main thing I was trying to say. He can't make you rich just because you sacrificed. He can never give you anything God did not plan to give you. There is no, if, if the devil comes to me now because of this understanding and makes me an offer, I will laugh. You know why I will laugh? When I say, get my point, say, bow to me and I will give you all these things. I'm going to be a bit happy with the temptation. <laughs> he said, well, how? Because at least I don't know what he saw. No, these devils, they know a lot of things sometimes. When Israel was still confused about who Jesus was, they knew. What have we got to do with you? You holy one of God. Jesus said, shh. That is, they knew what the Pharisees did not know. They knew what the disciples did not know. I hope you are getting my point. They knew a lot of things that people are, that is, apart from those demons, only Jesus knew many of those things. That was the Holy One of God. He was the only one that knew. Peter did not know. John did not know. James did not know. Philip did not know. Andrew did not know. Matthew did not know. Nobody knew. They didn't, they didn't know. Of course, the Pharisees and all of that. The teachers of the Lord did not know. But the devils knew. Sometimes he knows some things. And that's because they operate in a realm higher than the one the average person. They see things that other people don't see. Sometimes they see angelic activities and they make inquiry. And one angel will go and tell them something. <laughs> so he came to Jesus, listen to this, and said, Bow to me, and I will give you the kingdoms of the world. They have been delivered to me. It was not a lie. Now, did Jesus finally get that kingdom? Yes. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. This time I said it shall do what? Reign forever. 
Please don't forget, he can never give you something that God did not plan. You know the difference? The door. God will say, walk before me and be perfect and I will bless you. Satan will say, bow to me and I will give you. Are you seeing the difference? God will say what? Walk. You know what a walk means? It's going to take a while. It's going to take a year. Two, three, four, five, six, ten, fifteen, twenty. Mr. Abraham, twenty-five. The Isaac shows up. And even there, you don't see the fullness of the inheritance. And Isaac continues to grow. He becomes a man. He's 30-something years of age. The Lord says, sacrifice him. 60 years after he first heard that word, God finally pronounces a powerful blessing upon you when you agree to sacrifice Isaac. And listen to me. Don't try to short-circuit divine process. Don't try to jump divine steps. Don't try. Don't worry yourself. Just relax. Don't, 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 don't be in a hurry. He that believes does not make haste. The other day, there's a fellowship I'm involved in. Our coordinator called me and said, please, quick, let's get this done. I heard that the price of paper is going up. So we can really do our printing. So I said, so we want me to go and tell the Lord why he needs to give me inspiration now. It's because the price of paper is going. I said, can I tell him that? The person got my point. <laughs> because I need to get inspiration to give some information that will be printed. I said, how do I go to pray that, Lord, give me inspiration, quick, quick, so I can print before prices go up? I said, I can't say that to the Lord. Let the price go up. When the Lord sends inspiration, we shall release it. We shall release it. I said, he that believes does not make haste. Don't be in a hurry. Don't rush to go and buy dollar because price, the price of dollar is going up. It's unbelief. One of the things I try to price, keep on going. Where the dollar reaches does not affect what God wants to do in my life. Don't forget, faith is something you deliberately activate for your life. It's not just to get, it's to live. Faith is what we do what? Live by. We live by it. We understand our lives by faith. It's so important we get these things. I'm going to emphasize the fact that don't try to short-circuit what God is doing in your life or try to hurry it up. Follow his process. If God says, I'm not going to make you a multi-millionaire at the age of 35 just because, uh, you know, the whole world wants me to do it. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know what it means? If God says, okay, now ask me for the time I should do it. Don't tell him 35. Don't try to persuade him to do it the time you want. If he has ever given you this indication that he doesn't want at that particular time, don't try to press it upon him. You know why? What he really wants to do is the best for you. When we say the will of God is good, that's what it means. That will is good. That is, Isaac that was born, the time he was born, was the best time for Abraham. Isaac born 15 years after the call would have been terrible. Isaac born 20 years after the call would have been bad. Isaac needed to be born when Abraham was ready to carry Isaac. Isaac needed to be born when Sarah would be ready to carry Isaac. Isaac needed to be born at that time. You know why? Because if Isaac had come before then, he probably would have become an Ishmael. Of some sort. He will have come when Abraham would not have been spiritually ready 
to be able to sacrifice him later. I hope you understand that Isaac was given so he may be sacrificed. I don't know what I heard, what I said. The Lord prepared, what did Abraham say? The, what did he say to uh, um, Isaac? The Lord will prepare for himself, what? A lamb for sacrifice, all right? You, listen to this. When God wants a sacrifice, first he prepares it. I hope you are getting my point. The fact that you may say that it's God that brought me to this level, he can't tell me to walk away from it. No, he brought you to a level so you have something to walk away from. I don't know whether you're getting my point. The fact that it is God that did this for you does not mean you must die with it. Should I prove it from scripture? Who brought so much harvest of fish to Peter that two boats began to sink? Was it the devil? He wanted to dis- the, 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 the devil wanted to distract him from his destiny. No, answer me. Was that what happened? Was it not Jesus that said, thank you for using or I give God thanks for the use of your boat. Let us now bless you. When, of course, why did he give him that? He wanted to show him that this is you are struggling after in life. It's not worth struggling after. If God gives you like this, you'll be drowning in fish. You'll be swimming in fish. Fish will rain on your head. That what you need in life is not to toil all night. Was that not what Peter said? We have toiled all night and caught nothing. Jesus said, that's not how they catch things. Toiling. That's not how. Let me show you how they catch. Cast your net on that side. Say, Lord, all night we were here. Nevertheless, at thy word. That is, do it at his word. It's not toiling. Once, once he finished showing that to him, he said, from now on, you will be catching men. That is, success in life is not by your struggles. So sometimes God brings you a level and I say, now walk away from the fish. Let's go. Don't ever forget it. Abraham was, Isaac was given to Abraham. So that Abraham will have something to sacrifice. And when he wanted to give Isaac to Abraham, he made sure that it was hard. So that Isaac was precious in Abraham's sight. He made sure that Isaac was precious. Then he told him to give it up. And please don't be confused as to what happened with Abraham and Isaac. That he still went back home with Isaac. He did not. Isaac actually died and was raised again from the dead. God just didn't let that play out for us to see for whatever reason he had. The truth is that he says sacrifice him, he meant it. I hope you are getting my point here. Please bear it in mind. So God needed to do what he did in the life of Abraham because that was the best for Abraham. It was the best for Abraham. 25th year was when he arrived. That was the best time. It would not have been right for, uh, for Isaac to have come in the 16th year. Why? Because Abraham and Sarah would not have been ready. The training necessary so that he could offer up that young man would not have been complete. What am I going to say? You know, I began with that statement we have made many times, which is that Satan can never give you something that God did not plan to give you. Why is Satan able to give you before God was ready to give? It's because God gives him that opportunity and he uses it as a temptation for you to see whether you'll be able to stand. So if they come to a musician and they say, like we hear all the time, remove Jesus, sing about naked girls, sing about money, 
make people covetous, and then will make you world famous. They cannot make you world famous if God never grants it. You know, there's no musician on this earth that's as famous as Paul. Paul of the Bible. I don't mean P-square. I mean <laughs> Apostle Paul. Some people are looking at me like, ah, when did Paul Okoye become the most famous musician in the world? There's none. There's none. Abi, can you tell me one? There's none. Michael Jackson, no. Praying so. Paul, the apostle, is much more well-known than all of them put together. If you stand on the road and say Paul without qualifying it, everybody thinks of Paul. That's also known as Saul of Tarsus. That's it. But his fame and his renown is for a particular reason. Now, that's what God had granted Paul eternally. Satan could have told him, I will give it to you during your lifetime. I don't know whether you're getting my point. And then with it, with it, you'll become very rich. With it, you'll become very influential. What do I need to do? Bow to me. Again, let me say it. Was it last time we talked about the mark of the beast? Okay, one of these few days ago, all right? This mark of the beast, many people are taking it already. Many people are taking it already. And they, and they think it's an electronic mark or a vaccine. Let me say to you again, it is not a vaccine. It is not a microchip. It is a, ability, it's a system. Anytime you hear the word beast, it's a system. Like a nation. It's a system. Like maybe entertainment system. It's a system like a monetary system. It's always a system. And the world wants you not to be able to function except you deny Christ Jesus. I hope you are getting my point. Yeah, it's still out there. And so many times when we give in to that system, they promote us. There's a particular famous Nigerian, let me not seem to be critical of individuals, so I will not mention the name. Well known. Recently I heard that she was considered for a particular prize. Some of us, I said, please, let them not give her the prize, please. Say why? I said, because it's annoying. I said, I see somebody who they decided to promote so as to give the impression that we Africans too, we are Libra. And those guys are like that. Let me give an example now. How many people know Pastor Okemute? Okay, how many people know me? Not too many. I know because you love me, you think uh, forget you are in minority. You are one of the few people. But you know, you know the kind of thing that they do? They will just sneak into maybe through discussion and all that. They just want you to stop talking about the fact that God does not like homosexuality. Usually that's all the demand they make. In return, we'll put you on international Christian TV. They will come up here, nice of this our backdrop some people don't like. We will change it, amen? amen. But not because you don't like it. They will come and change it. They will bring the experts, change it. Superpower cameras was put real lights here, not this one. Lights. Lights that each one in today's night will be like a millionaire. Surround the place with it. Next time you see me on TV, say, Pastor Banky, when did you die and go to heaven? <laughs> I'll be looking like I'm preaching from heaven. And they will take it. You'll be surprised how satanic principles work, or the satanic systems. They will put it on top Christian satellite TVs worldwide. 
All I just need to stop talking like a, an African. Just switch my tongue a bit. Praise God, you know. I was talking to Pastor Levi yesterday, and he was explaining to me, you know, just, just so that they can hear you in Mexico, so that they can hear you in South America. That one is not the sin, all right? That's not a problem. But just any time it gets to this matter, just say, look, then occasionally just hint that Paul was culturally conditioned when he wrote Romans chapter 1. You don't have to say it more than two times in a year. And then, you know what they do? By the end of two years of agreeing with them, you'll be saying, my, you see me shake hands with presidents. There are countries that we land and ambassadors will welcome me. I know the truth. Every other thing I've been preaching, they won't touch it to. They just say, for you, what we just want is this. Just don't say this again. The one they said they offered Neymar. It wasn't Neymar. Yes, Neymar, right? The footballer. The one we were talking about the other day. It's something like that. Now, so that's, a, that's what they'll just do. Before you know what's happening, in a short while, they said, Pastor Bang, the other day we heard you saying that you, you, you know, you're flying private jets somewhere around. It, you will, miraculously, it will show. What many people will not know is that the key, the prize, was just the withdrawal of certain statements from my messages. It will be presented to you in a man wearing a fine suit, by a man wearing a fine suit, looking like he loves the Lord. The day he shakes your hand, he says, praise God, my brother. Praise God, my brother. That's what he's going to tell you, praise God. And he's going to make those little offers to you. And then when you accept it, you have taken the mark of the beast. People don't realize it. And then your ministry will blow. Yes. Overnight, all over the country, your pictures everywhere. Internationally, next thing we'll go on TV in Africa, you are there. We'll go on Inspiration Channel, you are there. We'll go on Daystar. Um, um, you just find yourself everywhere. See, if you want to be a preacher, that's it. That's how it starts. Usually, by the time, by the 15th year of the life of Asa, <laughs> you get my point. By the 15th year of living like that, you will have become a motivational speaker. A personal, like what they call, what they call those, uh, a life, a life coach. That's it. You like become a motivational speaker, a life coach, a personal development expert, a success and entrepreneurship wizard. By that time, your suit hmm, is the same price as Pastor Kimutiska. One suit. You'll be so rich, young boys and young girls will start looking at you as an example of ministry. So there were certain keys and some certain critical connections that he made. I will never tell you. I entered into an agreement with men to withdraw certain things from the word of God. And what you would not know, let me tell you something about the way God works. You may see a man, maybe somebody like me, Speak a thousand words. All of them accurate. All right? However, the word that I was sent to produce is just three out of those 1,000 words. And those are words you probably hear only from my mouth or from people that I discipled or laid my hands on. People who have interacted with me. But we are speaking a thousand words. So sometimes God will take you from here, take you to Brazil to utter those three words. Every day we keep repeating words. There are a thousand words. 
Now, those three words are the ones that Satan will go after. And for you, you will not realize that they are the critical words of your destiny, of your purpose, of why God gave you life. Because you are still teaching basic faith and you are still talking about righteousness and basic holiness. You don't know. You give up the reason why you are alive. And instantly, my brethren, you will make it. What they call making it. Instantly, you'll be famous. Your ministry will blow. People think that when Satan takes you away, he takes you to a shrine. And you now come and say, your name is uh, Mr. Devil. Today, we are going to worship Satan. Most people who have departed from serving God are still calling his name. That's why Jesus said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom. Those who are not entering the kingdom, they are still shouting Lord, Lord. Let me tell you something. This life, eh? Take your eye away from this worldly successor. It's better to trek into destiny, into eternal life. It's better to just utter those three words. That's all you ever said, and you'll die in peace. John the Baptist came. See, let see. John the Baptist preached a harassed Herod. But that was not the reason he was born. He even preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. That's less than half of the reason he was born. I hope you're getting my point. He wore locust. Did he wear locust or what did he wear? <laughs> he had locust and wild honey and was wearing the good skin and stuff like that. That was not the reason why he was born. He could have worn a money suit. God he didn't care. It didn't concern the Lord. If you have been able to do just something to, to him so that he wouldn't be able to recognize. The real reason, which was the, to be able to identify the bridegroom when he will show up, to introduce him to the bride, to introduce, you know, he was the one that introduced Jesus to James, Peter, and Co. They were his disciples. He was the one that introduced him to Israel. He said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. If he had given up one little thing, he would have been a vibrant preacher, baptizing, doing things like that, and would have failed totally in his destiny. He wouldn't have died at that time, I can assure you. He would have lived a little longer. Riding horses all over, doing tours on why you people should try and improve your country. Praise God. A lot of people are preaching national development are backsliding preachers. I'm sorry to say it. They've left the real thing that people need. They are serving food. Oh, yes, they are serving food. They are serving food. They are telling you how to prosper. The real thing that the church needs. The real thing that the world needs, they've left it. As a man, I used to listen to those days, an American man. One day I was rushing to get some of his messages. My, 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 my bro said, okay, I hope you know he's no longer the man you used to know. I said, what do you mean? He said, now he's more of a motivational speaker and business developer. Ah, I said, what are you saying? I still went ahead and was, you know, of course, that was the right thing to do. I went, collected the messages. After a while, I realized that my brother was right. The life I used to feel in his messages was no longer there. But of course, ministry has grown over the years. I'll tell you personally, personally, there was a time it worried me a bit. And a few men gave me encouragement. People like Kennedy Hagin, people like Derek Prince, David Paulson. They're amongst the few, very few, that gave me encouragement because I found that many people who I used to listen to, once they became, became big, I'll be wondering. People tell me that, no, you know, the problem is that you have grown. It's growth. I say it's not growth. If it was growth, how come their old messages still move me? 
Why didn't I grow so much that Paul is no longer interesting to me? Ah, it bothered me a bit. And, I, and I, you know, I read my Bible and found out the danger of being an old man, an old prophet. As I served God, 35 years, in the 36th year of his reign, trouble came, he failed. Solomon served God. As an old man, he was weary. He was following young women to go and worship idols. It bothered me. Jeroboam was there with an old prophet in the city. He did not know what God was saying to Jeroboam. The day God sent a young man to Jeroboam, he made that young man die. I'm one of the young preachers these days. We're following old men. <laughs> when the young prophet died, the old prophet did not die. Bear it in mind. He didn't die. What am I trying to say? Many times, what God wanted to give, that's why I went all of that. Okay? Satan tries to bargain for our destiny. You know the truth? His, his methods haven't changed. It is still the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It, it doesn't change. That's why I keep on telling, especially preachers, because the problem is that the only hope, the only hope is the preachers. I'm sorry. How do I know? How can they believe unless somebody preaches to them? Is that what the Bible says? So that's a critical point. The church to a large extent is lost and God is redeeming his people. I thank God for that. But how did they get lost? It is because of wrong preachers who said something in front of the people of God apart from what God wanted them to have in front of them. In which godliness became the means to worldly success. It's a terrible thing that happened to us. Godliness became a means to gain what the world. We, do you know we deliberately threw away spiritual, deep songs. You take the whole world and give me Jesus. You take the whole world and give me Jesus. You take the whole world and give me Jesus. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Beautiful song. I was there when we took it and threw it away. We say sense knowledge. It's lack of revelation. If you understood the revelation of God, you would take Jesus and take the whole world. You take Jesus and take the world. Because it cut down thousand hills that belong to my father. Hallelujah. Now we took such a beautiful song and corrupted it. We said it was because we did not understand revelation. That if we understood revelation, we would have known that the whole world is ours. Hallelujah. We forget that the person that wrote this song was speaking in comparative terms. Yes. He said, the whole, that is, if all I have is Jesus, I am satisfied. Take everything else and give me Jesus alone, I am satisfied. And if Jesus does not satisfy you, you will backslide. If you need something added to Jesus before you are satisfied, you are a candidate for backsliding. I say that one more time. If you need anything added to Jesus to be satisfied, whether it is long life, whether it is health, whether it is husband, wife,
children, promotion, money, whatever it is. If something has to be added to Jesus before you get satisfaction, you're on the path to backsliding. We caused the problem. That's the point I'm making. We did. We preachers. And then we have to solve it too by the power of the Spirit. With God helping us, we have to solve it. It's wrong preaching, wrong teaching. That was how we caused the problem. What am I going to say? Satan tries to deceive us. I began by saying he can't give you something that God did not determine to give. The difference between him and God is how. God will say, walk before me and be perfect. You know what he's doing? He's taking every other God away from you. Let me say this again. This world is a processing center for eternal living. Did you hear what I said? It's a processing center for eternal living. No matter how good a person you are, there's something inside you that's not right, which God has to remove. Did you hear what I said? And that's what he's working on. He's removing all those things. So he says to Abraham, walk before me and be perfect, and I will bless you. What was he trying to tell Abraham? You need to do a particular job for me, because the aim of blessing for the believer is so that you can be a blessing. God wanted to redeem everybody, redeem the whole earth, redeem all the nations. I need to bring my son, Jesus, onto the earth. So I need to create a lineage, and I need to put myself under a covenant. I need to release a promise. Somebody has to download the blessing from heaven for the whole earth. Let's look for a man. I am not sure the only person he ever called was Abraham. We only know the story of Abraham because he answered. I'm not sure that the only person he ever answered was Abraham. We only know the story of Abraham because he answered and was faithful. Many people demasly left the call. Did you hear what I said? They demasly left the call. And God didn't see it necessary to include their names in our canon of scriptures. So, what is the aim of a blessing? God said to Abraham, I will bless you so you will be what? A blessing. That was the aim, really. So he could be a blessing. So, for him to be able to walk with God, God needed to walk on him. For him to be able to be the blessing that all of us will be able to later tap into, God needed to walk on that man. People of God, that was why Isaac delayed that length of time. That is the reason. So the only way to hasten the timing of God is to settle down and say, Lord, what are my lessons? And stop making excuses. Because what he will do is periodically he will put pressure on you so that whatever is inside will show. And when it shows, you confess it to the Lord and say to him, create in me a new heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. That's all. Acknowledge your iniquity. Then he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you. Cleansing, that's the word, of all unrighteousness. So it's working on you every day, perfecting you to the place where you can be the person he created you to be. I found out something about the Lord again, which of course we all know, that with him, nothing shall be impossible. He can make a person, man or woman, totally obscure today, the president of Nigeria in next election, 2023. You know he can do it. Everybody will look, they will check the newspapers. His name has not shown up once in his life. Google hardly knows him. You know, there are people that Google does not know. Just type your name in. Google will say, no search result to display. 
Ah. He said, Google. After God, now you know now. You type your name again. Please omit the following words, letters. Maybe we'll be able to find something. Say, no, this is a complete name. They are people like that. Yet, two years after Google did not know the person, BBC will carry that name. If God wants to do it, it's not a big deal. In the house of David, people hardly knew he was there. When they say, call all the sons, want to choose a king, they didn't think him worthy of being called because it's not likely to be him. Yet by the end of that day, the oil was upon his head and the anointing to do exploits had come into his life. That was when he began to kill lions and bears, not before that day. So God can do anything. Let me say something to you about the Lord. Please, stop pressuring him for things. You read your scriptures, it says, let your request be made known unto God. Paul was writing Philippians chapter 4. He said, be careful for nothing. Don't have any anxiety about anything. But with prayer and thanksgiving, with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Then the peace of God that passes all understanding will mount God around your mind. Something struck me when I looked at that. They didn't say God will give you. Let your request be made known unto God. What does it give you? The peace of God. That passes all understanding. After all, many of the requests we have in life is because we are trying to solve a particular problem. Sometimes the peace of God comes and the problem vanishes, at least from your eyes. You don't see it anymore. The pressure you were under suddenly vanishes. The idea that you have not done this, you have not done that, just disappears from your mind. It's called the peace of God. You see, one thing God does, you know, the way God deals with Christians, different the way they, they, they deal with Israel, that Israel is a physical nation. Because what he's trying to achieve in both parts is very, very different. When you make your request known to God, the first thing he gives you is what? The peace of God, which passes all understanding. Which says to you that in the midst of pain, you can smile. I hope you're getting my point. That's what the peace of God does. You know what he says? Passes all understanding. Two people are confused there. You are confused. Most importantly, those observing you are confused. You sink with more joy in your voice than him that has great spoil, like the Bible says. You go and pray for money to solve a problem. The problem is still there. Everybody's worried about you. And they come and say, ah, how are you? They say, I'm fine. We just thank God, though. And they just assume that ah, we're even trying to gather money for him. The problem has even gone away. Okay. Then they find out later that, no, the problem hasn't gone. They now come and meet you and say, I thought you had this issue. Ah, that issue. Oh, yes, it's still there. Ah, so what are you going to do about it? Do you know I've not remembered it for some days? But by tomorrow, you must have solved it now. Hey, tomorrow. We thank God. Then as soon as they finish, okay, let me think when you guys have left. After they leave, you sit down to pray. You fall asleep. You fall asleep at 8 o'clock and wake up next day at 9.30 after the deadline. When you wake up, you know, it's called the peace of God that passes all understanding. Everybody just thinks you are crazy. It's not your fault. That sleep was not deliberate. 
It was a piece of God-induced sleep. That's the first thing he does. Until God gives you that peace, don't expect anything from his hand. Because that's the most important thing. Because if you don't get it, the material thing that's added to you, the cash you're looking for, will, will be like a drug. It will solve a problem for a short while. The next day you need a fix. Another fix. You know, there was one woman that heard her story. She told the story. I didn't hear directly from my mouth, from my wife's mouth. She was the one that attended the meeting where the woman shared her story. She was married. Of course, naturally, she wanted to have kids. But years were passing, and she did not have. And she was depressed. She didn't, she, then one day, she prayed and prayed and prayed until God gave her the peace of God. I know how it manifested in her life. Now we know it was the Holy Spirit. Just look around you. Look at how blessed you are. And she looked, realized how blessed she was. What is all of this? Being sad all the time. So you know what she did? She told herself that from today, I will never be sad again. So when she's now going out for me, like wedding party, you know the way women be? You know how women grow nails? It's amazing. Women will grow like one millimeter every three days. You reach that? It's not one millimeter a week, sir. But they go slow, slow. You see woman this night, tomorrow. Ah. <laughs> women can attach anything. If you see a man with behavior, it's genuine. If you see a man with hair, it's genuine. If he doesn't have hair, it's genuine. <laughs> you know what I mean. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> A woman may not have hair today, tomorrow. <laughs> not only does she have hair, the hair is even Brazilian. <laughs> and this is a girl from Okomaiko. <laughs> this woman decided that now so it could be. When she's going out, she will take her time, polish herself, do her hair well, fix beautiful rings on her finger, come out looking nice, and go out with her husband. What's going on? Rich party like this, say, time to dance. Ah. <laughs> Boogie. Boogie with everybody. What is going on? People are now laughing, say, this one not even know it matter. Yes. That's how she began to live her life. Then one day she went for a wedding and sat down. And one woman sat, looked at her. Say, you, I like you. That was just impressed with her. You look very, you know, just told a few things. See, the Lord has said I should tell you, there is something you really want, that he has granted it. In a few months, he delivered. A few months after, delivered again. A few months after, delivered again. And did it four times. No, no mistake. Telling you. But what I'm telling the story is that the first thing God gave her was what? The peace of God. Many things we are looking for in life. We are looking for money. God said, you must be happy without money first. So that when it comes, please, you know, I love that quote from Paul. Wales translation. This was a man who didn't have money. People were worried about him. So the church in Philippi gathered and said, our brother Paul has been a tremendous blessing. We should not leave him to suffer like this. 
So what shall we do? We shall gather money, plenty of it. They took offering first week. Second week, who has not given us Apostle Paul's offering? They sent everybody brought in their money. They gathered a tidy, tidy sum. And then not only did they gather enough money, they gathered somebody by the name Epaphroditus. Said, take the money, go and give to Brother Paul and stay with him. You know, there's a difference between deliver money, Paul will wash his own clothes and buy his own food, make his own. No, you will stay with him. You will eat, you will cook his food, clean the house, you know. They decided to bless Paul. And when Paul, when Epaphroditus arrived, Paul said, wow, this is great. Wow, see offering. Wow, see Epaphroditus. This is so nice. Oh, I thank God for your lives. You guys will be blessed. For myself, he said, no, 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 no. It's not because of me. What is all this excitement about what? That the day before Epaphroditus came when I had nothing, the day after he arrived, when you guys had put everything there, as far as I was concerned, nothing had changed. You know what he said? He said, do not think I speak thus, as having felt the pinch of want. No. No, it's not possible. Rather, I have learned in whatever condition I am to be independent of circumstances. I am schooled to bear the depths of poverty. I am schooled to bear abundance. In life as a whole and in all its circumstances, I have mastered the secret of living, which is how to be the same amidst repletion and starvation, amidst abundance and privation. I am equal to every lot through the help of him who gives me inward strength. That's Philippians chapter 4, from around verse 11, well, maybe around verse 10. That's the ways rendering. To see that Paul said, I was not personally changed one bit by the gift. What was my excitement about? That I'm happy that at last you have rekindled your love for me already. He said, I know that much fruit will accrue to your account. He said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He said, but as for me personally, I had reached a point. You know what the gurus, the Eastern mystics will call a, a stage of, um, what they call that thing again? Enlightenment. They had reached enlightenment. Paul couldn't see the difference between hunger and too much food. To him, being hungry and having plenty is the same problem. And that is the primary thing God wants to develop in the heart of the believer. God will do something. By the time he gives you money, you won't be more... In fact, there will be no serious excitement. Sometimes your excitement will just be, oh, God is faithful. All the money he brought, immediately after, he will give you an opportunity to throw it away. And you will go and gladly, maybe just say, ah, there's something. I beg, take. See, God has brought it before. We'll bring it again. What he would have done was to use that experience to show you his faithfulness and his ever-present ever power. So much that the money he brought, you cast it away because what you learned from the experience was the faithfulness of God. Not this one he has brought now. We don't know when this another one will come. Let's hold it. That's why I teach giving the way I do. Givers are like that. Givers don't... The reason one, one, of, one major reason why they can give 
is that they don't see the physical cash as a security for anything. So if a need comes, they can't help but release. Because this, this money does not solve my problems. God does. And right now, there's no problem to solve. So that, must be, that means there's something else that he wants us to solve. So they're not bothered. So God is building that in the life of believers. And that is why he does not release things as quickly as people will want him to. And that is what Satan takes advantage of. Walking in the path of Satan is saying to God, my character development, Christ-likeness in me is not important. That's it. See, I started by saying, there's nothing Satan can give that God did not plan. The difference is, are we going to walk with him until he has built up to the level where he will now say, you are ready to, now listen to this, you are ready to carry, carry this responsibility. Because wealth, as an example, is a responsibility. Hmm. Some people will be judged. Listen, the day of judgment, eh? the koboko will be 39 lashes in the hand of the Romans. For some people. And what will be their sin? Money. They stole? No, they did not steal. And what is the sin? I gave him $300 million. What did he do with it? He stacked it in a bank and said his grandchildren must inherit. And God will show him, you see, I told you, there are things, everything God wants to do. It's God that does things. It's God that does things. Please don't believe, I need to quote this statement so that when you hear next time, you can shoot them down. Americans came together and built a great country. Nonsense. God built a great country and gave to Americans. How do I know? Read your Bible. Is this not Babylon the Great? Which I by myself built with the strength of my might, for the glory of my majesty. And God said, you decrease for head. Did you hear that? You know, anytime God speaks, it must come to pass. He said to Nebuchadnezzar, you decrease for head. And that was it. The man went mental. He went mental. Like I say all the time, that's not the gist. The real gist was for seven seasons, we believe seven years. It was out of the picture. And the kingdom became what? Stronger. Might increased in Babylon. Wealth increased in Babylon. Then one day his, his senses came back to him. And then God took him and put him back on the throne. What happened was that his subjects sought him out and re, re, that installed him back as the king of Babylon. If you know the kind of society they were living in that time, even in today's, you can't even survive in democracy. They will have invoked the principle of necessity. The doctrine of necessity will have removed you. Yet, that man survived at that time. So now, he said, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, please, I'm just, I just feel like reading it because it's so, it's so beautiful. I like the way he finishes. He said now, verse 34 of Daniel chapter 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are, are counted as nothing. But it does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. 
And no one can word of his hand or say to him, what have you done? That was his conclusion. The man looked and said, this is not Babylon the great that I built with the strength of my might. It's not for the glory of my majesty. It was built by the God of heaven. It was built by him that gives the kingdom to whomsoever he wishes. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. That's what happened. So God built and hands to people. That's what he does. That's what he does. And we must never forget that. We're not the ones building our destiny. He's the one built. He has built it already. He now says to each person, walk with me until you can carry the responsibility. Everything is a responsibility. Abraham will have been a colossal failure if after enduring for 25 years and having Isaac, and after enduring for under 35 there about years and helping Isaac mature, if the day he was asked to sacrifice Isaac, he drew back. It would have been a failure. God will have said in heaven, let us start again. Find me another man. They will start all over again. And that one, maybe the name will be called Ibrahim. They will start talking with Ibrahim and teaching Ibrahim. And then Ibrahim will marry his wife. And they will wait for 25 years. And then they will have one guy called uh, Isaka. You understand my point? <laughs> I'm just going to look for names that are similar to Abraham and Isaac. And then he will have it, then they will develop him, and then, and then God will say, give me. And why do I suspect? Maybe he did it with one guy, we don't know his name today. But eventually he got to the man Abraham. And then when Abraham sacrificed Isaac, he jumped. Wow, it is done. It is done. This man has carried the responsibility. Isaac was not just a blessing. Isaac was a responsibility. Did you hear what I said? Because he had to sacrifice Isaac. If he did not sacrifice Isaac, it would have been a colossal failure. So that's what God does. He matures us to the level where we can carry. I was telling you, people, God gives some people money. And said, this money will stand against you in the day of judgment. Many Christians are praying, God, give me money. He said, God says, I know I have not given you. See, the way you are right now, you are blessed. Let me just leave it like that. I have nothing to say against you the day of judgment. Because I didn't give you any money. There's still something to say, because you're not allowing me to give you. Now, problem too. But, you know, because there's what is called adding iniquity to iniquity. This one, I did not give you the opportunity to add. You're on iniquity stage one. Telling you. Because, ah, many, many. I like one thing um, uh, Thor Reverend said earlier. At the end of our, those of you who missed our business by the spirit, you know you missed. Did you hear what Toronto said? You missed, seriously. Is that not the name on this yet? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you hear what he said? That brother said you miss seriously too. At the end of the day, our brother Yenka told us something. That in summary, let me just try and summarize what he said. One, there are opportunities. Two, the nation needs you now. The nation needs you to invest in a business. The nation needs you to teach some children righteousness. The nation needs you to create jobs. The nation needs you to farm some chicken. Yeah, yeah, he said it. He said, look, you, you farm some chicken, you know, you get some chicks, 
Maybe you're just 20 of them, 30 of them. He said, even if you're the only one that eats them, you have increased the productivity in the land. He said, the nation needs you to plant cassava. The nation needs you to plant corn. The nation needs you to start a daycare center. The nation needs you to start a primary school. The nation needs you to have an afternoon lesson, place where children can come and learn. He said the nation needs you, all right, to contribute in different ways. And many people, he gave them that money. They used to buy a ticket to go to a comfortable country. I keep on telling you, listen, believers, listen to this. And let me just tell you, this life, there's no escape. By the time you are living this life, you're either dead or Jesus Christ has come back. No matter where you are. You notice that? Nobody's going to live forever because he's going to hide in Antarctica. Listen, if Jesus does not come back, apart from a few people which we hear exist, apart from that few, I think there are plenty of apostles. They're not just few as in few, one, two, three, four, five, but compared to 10 billion people over the last many years, there are few. He said they, they food this earth. Maybe they will be up to 100 now, I don't know. Where do they die? You haven't heard that one before? Ah, he. Ah. They say they get plenty. They know they die. Some of them live in Okunan. There's one in Patmos. His name is John. I'm not the one that preached it to. Now, somebody preached and said there are some people they know they die. So if you are not one of them, one day, if Jesus does not come back, you shall sleep in the Lord. Did you hear what I said? Sleep is sleep in the Lord. Whether you like sleep in the Lord in America, sleep in the Lord in Australia, sleep in the Lord in Oweri, or sleep in the Lord in uh, Usuka, or go and sleep in the Lord in Madagascar. Sleep in the Lord is sleep in the Lord. Do you get my point? You won't get to heaven and, uh, and uh, Peter will say, you know, it's not really like that, but the way they say it, Peter will stand at the gate say, where are you coming from? He say, ah, I'm coming from Estonia. <laughs> Peter is not going to show any excitement or oh, whoever is coming here at the gate. If I do, they'll be asked, they'll be looking at you and say, are you not the guy that they said you create like 17,000 jobs? You say, I'm the one. No, no, you won't know now. The other angel will say, he's the one. <laughs> so how many did he create? The other angel will say, no, no, buko. <laughs> Don't call my name. When Jesus is talking to his servants, leave me. You just go fly, so, go somewhere else. The angel will be looking at Jesus funny. Say, you. Say, the Lord is calling you. <laughs> you go and say, say, bad done, good and unfaithful. Bad and, you know, there's well done. Yeah. Okay, poorly done, bad and unfaithful servant. This bad and unfaithful servant had a good house. This bad and unfaithful servant had electric cars. This bad and unfaithful servant, they enjoyed constant power supply. This bad and unfaithful servant had tadros all around him. Was cruising all over the place. So get it clear. Listen, this life, eh? one day you will sleep in the Lord. I hope you are getting my point. If you like sleeping in the Lord at the age of 50 or at the age of 100, sleeping in the Lord is sleeping in the Lord. If you like sleeping in the Lord at the age of 30, John, 
Just fulfill the destiny. That's the primary thing. So many people, listen, God said, I give them the gift. Like Reverend Yekai was saying, I give them the gift, I give them the resources. They were supposed to draw many people out of poverty. They didn't. They just enjoyed their prosperity themselves. Blessing is a responsibility. Yes, it is a responsibility. God doesn't give it as an end. It's for the multiplication of the blessing effect in the lives of multitude. Multitudes must enjoy it. It's for the multiplication of the effect of blessing. That blessing effect in the life of many. That's what it is. So we, we develop. We develop to a point where God can release it. That's the point I don't emphasize. So Satan cannot give if God is not planned. But God allows him to tempt. So we say, why develop like that? I can give it to you. I can give it to you. And people, listen to this. People that Satan help circumvent the divine process. People that bow to Satan so as to shortcut, take a shortcut around the divine process. They never are able to pass on the blessing. Did you hear what I said? They are not able to pass on the blessing. They may experience some of it. The thing that God wants to give them, they may experience it. But they are not able to pass it on. So they are blessed. They are never a blessing. If I may use the word blessed. Because many times the blessing is corrupted. So God created a man to move multitudes. To shake nations. So that multitudes will hear his voice and something inside them will rise. We call him an evangelist or an apostle or something like that. And I heard Bob Connor say that that was what God made Elvis Presley to be. Then somebody said, bow to me and I'll make you famous. So instead of moving people for the Lord, the gift was twisted. When you mention his name, multitudes will gather. And they'll go there and they shake his hand. And they'll be going to hellfire. Evangelist was it. Young boys, young girls will listen to him and scatter their hair, scatter their face, scatter their clothes, maybe tattoo themselves, get on drugs. And this is a no joke. So I read the testimony of one man. He wrote it by himself in full gospel businessman's voice, one of the American editions. He was a rock star. He said they got their name by playing one of these juju things that Oyibo people do. White people's juju. They call it the Ouija board. It's spelled in a funny way. They put his hand on it. He said the thing said, if you change, your, they, all of them heard it. You change your name, I'll make you famous. Be, can, be careful the kind of name you bear. And they give them the name, Alice Cooper. You can Google it up. It's a reputable rock band. So that name was dictated for them on a Ouija board. The glass went, pa, 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 spelled the name. Next day, the band changed their name. And boom, they caught fire worldwide. And with all the demons that went with it. The man writing the story, he knew the day. He played Jesus Christ superstar in one of the Broadway shows. He played Jesus in that Broadway show. So the day, the, the day he stepped on stage, he knew when the demon entered. 
He got back home and became a wife beater. He would beat his wife, almost kill her. Demonic influence. He wrote it. Nobody made talk more. He wrote the testimony by himself after he gave his life to Christ and the demons were cast out of him. Became famous, became rich. What did they get out of it? Corruption. That's why I said in Psalm 118 and in Matthew chapter 7, check the door you are entering through. Check the door you are entering through. Check the door you are entering through. Make sure whatever you enter in life, you enter by the door of righteousness. Make sure that the door is one that you can show to people, this is the way of God. Make sure you enter by the narrow gate. Because it is not just what you enter. It is how you enter that determines where it leads to. He said, open to me the gates of righteousness. David said, the, righteous will en- the gates of God, the righteous will enter through it. There's the gate of God. That's what the righteous people are supposed to enter through. Abraham entered his destiny through the gate of God. When he wanted to enter through another gate, which his wife suggested to him, and they agreed, see the problem he created. And God delivered him from that problem. You cannot enter anything if you want to be blessed without being careful how you enter into it. As I tell people, listen, it works. It's not the, it's not the testimony. It works. It's not the testimony. Do you know if I steal, I can be a millionaire in two days? Is that a lie? Did it work? No, why are you doing like you don't believe me? If I catch a human being and sell him and they give me five million, that's no money. Did it not work? If money is the end, it worked. Yeah, I know a lot of us think that's crazy. That's crazy. That is true. It's crazy. I agree with you. I will not give that testimony, of course, that I went and stood that I'm rich. It works. But many of the things we operate, they are just as bad, but they just don't look as overtly bad. I'm laughing. No, I'm laughing. I'm laughing at preachers. <laughs> Apostle, when your church is not growing, you go and submit. <laughs> submit to grace. Many people have they've submitted to disgrace. They just don't realize it. <laughs> what they are looking for in life is church growth. Yeah. That's why that your guy submitted to disgrace, original disgrace. Yeah. He submitted to TBJ season two. And of course, church grew. If what you are looking for is church growth, sometimes God is taking people through dealings. Instead of them to settle down, people are giving them methods to get out. People are giving them methods to get out. <laughs> you know what God said? If you kindle your own fire, He said, This you will, hand of the, you will have of the hand of the Lord. You will lie down in torment. Satan cannot give you what God did not plan to give you. What He offers is a shortcut. What he offers is a shortcut that bypasses the, pro, the, the program of divine development, the process of divine, of Christ-likeness being brought forth in your life. He shortcuts it. He goes, let's go around. Let's go around. And it works. That's the point I'm going to emphasize. It works. It works. If you're a pastor, you are measuring success in the number of, of people that come to your church, you are confused. You are a candidate for backsliding. You are a candidate for the mark of the beast. 
Because there are all kinds of methods that draw the crowds in church. There are all kinds. There are a lot of people with familiar spirits. See, let me tell you something here. There are different ways to contact anointing. <laughs> Why am I laughing? When I'm laughing like that, I'm laughing at preachers. <laughs> this is why God forgive me. <laughs> you know, many of these people that draw crowds for you, they are juju men. Sometimes you hear things like, ah, you just invite this man, the church will explode. Most of those people are not of God. If your presence just explodes the church, 99% chance you are not of God. Less than 1% that you are genuine. Most of them come to release a spirit into a place. And good does not follow those spirits. How you know that the man came, I've seen it before. Pastors will leave a place. Or evangelists or apostles, whatever. They, they usually use the title apostle. And they'll give you one, you know. I, I, deception is very funny. <laughs> they'll give you one spiritual name. You know, I told you all those prophets, they'll be bearing names like, um, you know, apostle. Is anybody like that? Okay. Joel Michael, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's one guy I saw on TV one day. I, you know, this boy, eh? People, they crazy, so. You know. <laughs> One day we went to me and where's Kinsley? Kinsley don't go. Me and Kinsley will go be in go do program. One guy with zeal, fire in his bones. Fire. You know what they call fire? He came to see me. He attended, I don't know what he attended the whole program, a bit of it. <laughs> Who am I laughing? Then I don't know where. <laughs> he came to me after I finished preaching. He said so many things. He had visions. He had zeal for God. He shared them with me. I was looking at him like this. Young guy on campus. He was still a student. He said I should pray for him. Well, there's no problem with that. I think I prayed for him. I can't remember for sure. What I remember certainly was that he said I should give him a word from my spirit. So I told him that, look, look, this prophetic thing, <laughs> I'm not really into it. You <laughs> know that kind of thing. Somebody is telling me, Papa, Professor, you know, like, he said, no, now, that please. He just wants me to just reach into my spirit. And whatever the Lord is saying to him, I should bring it out. After much persuasion, I was persuaded. And only three words were in my spirit for him. And I said, take it easy. Those were the only three words. Look, I didn't manufacture them. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I did not want to talk. He, do you get my point? He was the one that pressed me. I said, take it easy. And his countenance fell. Remember that young man that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus said, sell all you have. Exactly what happened to him. He looked at me. His countenance fell. I said, please, don't be angry. All that, you said my spirit. <laughs> That's the only thing I found. He said, sir, that, why he's reacting like that is that he, asked, he mentioned another man who also came around. 
that he told the man the same thing he just told me. And the man told him exactly what I just said. I said, well, on the mouth of two or three prophets, the word of God is established in your life. He thanked me and left and did not hear. You know, I go, you know, now you have to give this Jesus because they are your brethren. Ask me after, I will give you his name. Next thing I knew, he had changed his name. I was hearing Jesus about him. Right now, he's calling himself a prophet. And when T.B. Joshua died, he was among those who said, a great man has died. I said, Ichabod! One day, I decided to Google up his name, search him online, and I got to his website. And I saw idiocy and stupidity on display. <laughs> and he prophesied that there was going to be earthquake in Indonesia. He prophesied, I said, what's all of this trying to impress you a prophet? Once you opened your mouth and said a great man of God died, when to be sure that I have you located. I, although I knew that before, because, you know, the worship of Mammon, I felt bad. I heard about him for some time when he began to go in that particular way. And it's really Mammon. This drive to succeed, drive to make it, and all of that. And like I told you, I was saying something earlier. Many of these guys come, they come and release an evil spirit into your assembly. You don't have to follow them to the shrine for the first level of results. So ever since that man came here, poured grace, nonsense grace. Usually, know what happens to so many of those pastors. That's when they become adulterers. Mark my words. I have observed that thing. They don't know when they start. Next thing they know, story don't start. And listen, your ability for self-control is not just a matter of determination. Ah, please read my book, Worship and Sex Control. Your ability for self-control is not just a matter of personal determination. Amnon was under an influence when he fell in love with his own sister. He could not help it. Telling you, many of those men, they don't know what they are doing. A spirit, and a, see, an adulterous spirit follows the mammonic spirit. They are good friends. I'm saying that from observation. When a man goes after mammon, he goes, the adulterous spirit follows him. But usually church will grow. No, church normally grows. But mammon sits down and cause seven spirits more terrible than himself. Sometimes the spirit of anger, the spirit of jealousy, you know, those things are spirits. Sometimes you see anger in a man, and you're wondering, a pastor left, I saw one man on TV, one day cursing pastors that left him. You saw it? He said their children will die. Their wives will be, will be widows. The children will be fatherless. God, ah, he began to curse. Why? They left the church. When I saw the bitterness, I said, this is no be ordinary eye like we say. No. Be careful who you allow to come here, pastor, to come and be pouring grace on you. Once others would have grace to raise money, most 99% of them, they have familiar spirits. And I see pastors romancing with money raisers. If you are my friend and you begin to romance with money raisers, I will leave you as a minister. 
I will leave you. I won't, if, he, if he invites me, I will look for excuses not to come. And one day, if you, if you push me to it, I'll let you know. Your pulpit hosts money raisers. I don't want to fall sick. I don't want to. I won't come. If I find you have this habit of hosting money raisers, I won't come to that pulpit. God help him. Unless, Holy Spirit says, go and deliver the people. Which, before I go, I will fortify myself with intercession. I will repent of your sins. People do not be me committer. I'm, te- <laughs> I'm telling you. And as soon as I get there, I will fire against those spirits so that they can move back. Don't enjoy me. As good as Jonathan was, when he kept on hanging around Saul, you know what he was doing? Yeah. Kept on hanging around Saul. He said, I told David, I know, I know that, I know. You know, you know join Joab. You know what God has said concerning David. He did not follow Abishai. He has still followed you so because your father. Eh? With all the love David had for him, he died with his father. I beg you. <laughs> Why am I saying all of these things? Please let me, you know, I began from somewhere. Trying to emphasize that God leads people. Satan or the devil cannot give you anything that God did not plan to give you. The difference between Satan and God is that divine process. Satan does not want you to go through divine process. Eventually, he cuts off your destiny entirely. You want to be a famous musician, let me tell you. You want to know where you start from? One, don't want to be famous. It's ungodly. Don't want to be rich. It's not right. Those that want to be rich, that's what the Bible says, they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Don't want to be well known. It's unnecessary. There's only one want you must want. To be found pleasing to him in all things. That is the only want you should want. To be found pleasing to him in all things. It is people like you that, ah, you know, sometimes, you know, I tell you that sometimes, eh, I look at God, that if God was a human being, that's why I could go in house. Well, eh? Don't cry again. Are you all right? Have you eaten? Sorry. Why? The kind of disgrace he has seen. The kind of insult. Ah! God, you know, God is very kind of. If you see the kind of thing he covers up for us, we'll be telling him, God, thank you. God bless you, God. God, God, God bless you. Thank you. He seriously lacks People you can count on. Seriously. Sometimes Christians will say, hey, God, make, make us governors, make us senators, make us president. God will say, who? Give me four names. You know, there was a time, you know, some of these, they find it hard to believe. There was a time, I won't mention the name of the state, even though it's not very far from here. You, you remember President Passenger used to do presidential media charge every month. Do you remember that? In those early days, one man called him. Then you could call him and say anything you wanted. One man called him from a particular state and said the president has been... Un- he was angry. He has been unfair. He has marginalized his state and they look, they look at the, uh, uh, the, the appointments. The people from his state, they didn't appoint them. President Basson just said, I watched it live that, that day. He said, uh-huh. oh, that's your state, eh? He said, I was talking to your governor the other day to find me names to fill your slots. 
That if he doesn't find it quickly, I will give to your neighboring states. He dared the man calling, find me the names. Yes, on air. He dared the man. He said the problem with your state that there's nobody. He said, I've been fighting with your governor. Find me the names. By law, I know what I'm supposed to do. But you guys can't produce. He said, no. At the end, ask me for the name of the state. Anybody that wants to know, just come. There's a corner and normally sit down. <laughs> People like, uh, where's Chibi Kem's wife? Is it the other side? And uh, didn't work it. They normally hang around to hear the gist. That's where the elders gist. National security matters. <laughs> you can come and ask me. I will tell you, it's not a secret. It's just because we are streaming live. That's why I can't say it on there. A person just said, you don't have people. I want to add names. Your people don't go to school. No, he, told the, he told the man straight. Frank, he, told, he said, get me the names. Get it to your governor. Let him say to me, I will appoint them immediately. So we just assume that ah, I host it. He said, wait them. That is how it is with God sometimes. We will pray and pray and pray. God said, ah, your people, I can't appoint them. If I put this man in this office, the first day he sees $10 million. Jukes, where are you? Remember that your guy? See dollars, see dollars, see dollars. You remember that your guy? He said, he used to work in, they used to do some project in CBN. That's our guy, Jukes. So one day they enter CBN vault. You know, banks have vaults, right? This one, Central Bank, Enugu. Was it Enugu, right? They opened vault, they entered. <laughs> when they saw money, you know, stacks, stacks, US dollars, pounds, the guy was jacked. <laughs> he said, oh boy, it's not your money, you go go jail. <laughs> Sometimes, God has seen the heart. He said, I cannot put your people there. Occasionally we dare him and he puts us there. See disgrace. Because listen, if it was an unbeliever, I wouldn't have a problem. They wouldn't mention my name. But you are supposed to be a pastor. When I say pastor, I don't mean pastor of church. But you know the way Christians are called in their offices. He said, that's where the problem is. That is where the problem is. God says, see, I can lift people up anytime. It's not a problem with me at all. The problem is that we they survive. Go and read the story of the kings of Israel. At least three quarters of the ones he lifts up, they mess up. Jeroboam was complaining about the injustice in the life of Solomon. How Israel was no longer making progress like the days of David. And he raised up his rebellion. Solomon looked for him to contain him. He ran away. I think to Egypt. Was that Egypt he ran to? Then God said there's no problem. I'm taking the kingdom away from the house of Solomon. Ahijah, go and meet Jeroboam. Tell him I've given him ten tribes. The man that was complaining about the injustice in Solomon's kingdom. You know, he was, an, he was a rebel. He used to work for Solomon. He got angry with Solomon and left. They made him a king of ten tribes of Israel. First thing he did, build two, 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 two abominations for Israel. That was the first thing he did. 
Because he said, no, nobody is going to Jerusalem again to worship. Put them in the two extreme portions of the land. God said, this is a man. After all, the problem of Solomon was idolatry. That was where he began from. And the way Jeroboam established himself as king was through idolatry. You see all these rebels in Nigeria? All these, uh, what do you call them? Let me not mention, okay, I will mention names. All these Sowores, Nam, Dekanus. Don't make those people leaders. Don't say, our leader, Mazi. I say, you're, you're, he's your leader. The rest of us, phew, he's not our leader. Because we know his type. The one that right now, you never had the leaders. He said, well, I the life. You come out on Monday, I kill you. No Anambra, no, no election Anambra, you get shot. My leader. I do, Apostle, we know where we handle these matters. We'll go into the heavens and tell the Lord about you. I'm telling you the truth. See that guy for the other side, Sunday. Pastor Adibo's son died. You couldn't even tell the old man, sorry. And you want to lead who? Ah uh-uh. ah. Did you hear the tongue? Oh, you understand that tongue? Ah, how you call Dr. Levi? I'll be Pastor Levi. How you take here the tongue? By the spirit. <laughs> By the spirit of Lagos. <laughs> I, I said, you want to lead who? You can't even tell the old man, sorry. You. And put your difference aside. Meanwhile, I said, no, I'm not following you. Rebel leaders, they hardly make good leaders. That's Yeruba. What am I saying? God wants to lift people up that will not disgrace him. And went to all of this trying to say just one thing. That it was God that lifted David. It was not his own doing. And he wants to lift you and he wants to lift me. That's what I'm going to explain. He's just saying, walk before me and be perfect and I will lift you. It's not hard. It's not hard. David did not make himself king. God sent people to come and make him king. You will not succeed in this your life because of your effort. I was saying, listen, purify your motives though. Many, you know, many musicians came to church because church is the easiest launching path for careers. Everyone that came to church to launch a worldly career, they always drink evil spirits. Yes, God gives them evil spirits when they are going. Don't come and launch your musical career in church. If you want to sing praise, sing real praise. Not because we are so gullible, we Christians. Once the person putting Jesus, oh, Jesus, I love you. The guy is looking for a platform. We now welcome him. We thank God this morning. Our brother is in the house. I remember one guy just carried the microphone. I was in church that they said to come and lead praise. That was long ago. And that they said, ah, ah, come and lead praise. Just say, I said, <laughs> I said, this, this guy came from a club. Leave that in. You know, normal Christians, praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's how we do. He went. Chum, testing the man. Chum. I said, club bobo. This guy is a club guy. This guy is not a church man. There was a time 
The whole of Nigeria, in church, they were dancing his song. Anytime they are playing his song, his song in church, I know they agree dance. My wife said, why? I said, it's not born again. I've been in church services that he came before. Oh, we want to worship the Lord. I'll just take my chair, sit down. My wife said, why? I said, that guy is not born again. We worship you. Hallelujah. Let's worship Jesus. I just carry my chair, sit down. My wife said, what? I said, it's not born again. Oh, what nonsense is this one? No, I used to do it. When he's singing like this, everybody's, eh, eh, eh. That's how they look. I told my wife, he is now born again. Leave this thing. I said, how do you know? I said, you don't have to understand me. I have the spirit of discernment. It's called discerning of born again people. <laughs> <laughs> the first day I saw T.P. Joshua, I said, this guy is not a Christian. Although, I didn't need my descending of spirit. I didn't need it. The first day we saw, you know some of you were born after T.P. Joshua became known. We knew him when he was still doing Oh, you think I'm joking? That's how I used to minister now. We knew now. It was magic he used to do. And when they go buy suit, faith is a way by which the Holy Ghost speak in your life. Tell your neighbor, love Jesus. Emmanuel. Nonsense and ingredients. <laughs> oh God. What if I never see what Chris said? <laughs> oh, I have that. Look, I just told my wife, I said, that guy's that guy not a Christian. Then one day, when we heard, when I heard what he was up to, I told my wife, Shebi, you believe me now. But my wife couldn't believe. How would somebody be worshipping and leading worship like he said he's not a Christian? I told her, this guy is not a Christian. Church just helped him launch his musical career. And he made it big in it. Why are you? The one day I heard that, the like, say, hey, repent. I said, well, after that, when I now, they, they showed me that, the like, say, bros, don't repent. So I said, well, as I started trying to, when he now said, let's worship, I just put up one hand. The other hand, we said, that because... <laughs> Hey, let me give you the word of the Lord. Everyone coming to church to come and launch musical career without believing in Jesus from now is disgrace they will see. Yes, yes they will see disgrace. That, that voice always sees it. Yeah, he will seize it. Say, ah, this is not the plan. Say, the days of this is past. Those days are gone. Say, so from now on, anyone that names the name of the Lord must name it in righteousness. Everyone that names the name of the Lord must name it in holiness. They must name it because they gave their lives to Christ. Otherwise, listen, in the, in, the, in, the, in the temple those days, the people were afraid to join themselves to those disciples. It will come to pass that those days will return. It will come to pass that those days will return. When you come near the, when the, when you come near the church of Christ, people will say, I, I beg you, I can't join them. He won't even know why. The spirit in him will push him away. And if he tries it, when he says, I say, go, we'll lock his jaw. Go outside before we release your jaw. But the name of the Lord will be hallowed again. Yes, his name will be holy. Holy, holy, holy is his name. The name of the Lord 
will be hallowed amongst his people. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me summarize it again. God leads people. He just wants them to pass through the process. I was going to read the fact that he raised men with one purpose in mind. To make David king. That was why they came. They didn't come for any other thing. You know when God surrounds you with favor? Even the person helping you won't know why he's helping you. It won't, you know, when God wanted to surround David with favor, men who had been fighting for longer than he has been anointed, they came and subjected themselves to him. I don't know how, but God helped them to recognize the hand of God on David. Those men loved him so much, they were ready to die for David. Oh, they loved him. There was a kind of spirit God poured upon them. Please, I, wanted to say, I just want to say this so that you know how God works. And listen, if you're a politician, if you're a politician, if God has called in the realm of politics, listen to what I'm trying to say. You don't need to make deals with anybody. Dare them in your spirit. Yes, in your spirit, dare people. Because, listen, they can't give you what God did not plan. If God says no, no is no. Sometimes God says yes, but he says not at this time. Finish developing. I have four more years for you to develop. I'll put another guy to hold the office until you are ready. He says, wait eight years. Eight years may seem like a long time, but don't worry. I need the eight years in your life to be able to make you into what I want you to be. I'll put some other, place, some other person there to hold the office. Meanwhile, but don't make alliances with people. It's not necessary. You know what I found out? When it is time, God will send people to help you. That's what I need to make. When that time comes, do you know he will send people to help you? They will be helping, they won't know why. There's a particular governor, I will not mention the name, it's not today's governor, this is the governor of 1979. Alright? Because I don't want to get into discussion, alright? Let me just leave it like that. It was a governor of one major state in Nigeria in 1979. And there was this big man, he's late now. Both of them are late, of course. And this man spent money and energy. Spent money and energy. And made this man the governor of their state. At the end, the new governor went to the big godfather. And said, thank you very much for all your help. I see, I saw how you worked hard to make sure that this, our vision, became a reality. He said, now, sir, what can I do for you? The rich man looked at him and said, listen to my words. This was what he said to the man. The man looked at him and said, I don't want anything. I did what I did because I realized you are the best person to be our governor. Now go and be a good governor. The man who made that statement, he died fighting for democracy. Listen, people like that, they exist too. He told, he was very rich. He worked hard, made this man the governor. And then the man said, what can I do for you? So the guy said, nothing. I don't need anything. It's after looking around, I found out that you are the best person to be the governor of this, our great state. I have done all of this so we can have a good governor. Now you go and be a good governor. People, they are called warriors. They are warriors for the Lord. Men that can fight, that can sling with the left hand and the right hand. They will surround you. Yes, that's how it works. Men that have more resources than you have the ability to think of. The Lord will surround you with them. He said the Lord surrounds the righteous with favor. As with a shield. 
People like that, in abo- they are in abundance. They are in abundance. And God says, listen, when the time of David comes, I will bring them into his life. If your name is David, when your time comes, the Lord will bring them into your life. Let's just read this scripture and I close with it. Just to summarize everything I have said. First Chronicles chapter 12. Now time will not allow us to read everything. From verse 23. Now these are the numbers of the divisions equipped for war. Who came to David at Hebron? To turn the kingdom of Saul to him. According to the word of the Lord. In verse 24, it says, The sons of Judah who bore shield and spear were 6,800 equipped for war. Of the sons of Simeon, men, mighty men of war, 7,100. Of the sons of Levi, 4,006. Now Jehoiada was the leader of the house of Aaron, and with him, 3,007. Also Zadok, verse 29. Of the sons of Benjamin, Saul's kinsmen, 3,000. Of the sons of Ephraim, that's in verse 30. 20,800 men, mighty men of valor, famous men in their father's households. Of the half tribe of Manasseh, 18,000. Of the sons of Issachar, I'm jumping some words so as to save time. Men who understood the times with the knowledge of what Israel should do. Their chiefs were 200, and all their kinsmen were at their command. Of Zebulun, 50,000 50, who went out in the army, who could draw up in battle formation with all kinds of weapons of war and help David with an undivided heart. Of Naphtali, there were 1,000 captains, and with them, 37,000 with shield and spear. David didn't have to buy any of these things. So. Of the Danites who could draw up in battle formation, there were 28,600. Of Asher, there were 40,000 who went out in the army to draw up in battle formation. From the other side of the Jordan, of the Rubenites and the Gadites and of the half-tribe of Manasseh, there were 220,000 with all kinds of weapons of war for the battle. All these being men of war who could draw up in battle formation came to Hebron with a perfect heart to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest also of Israel were of one mind to make David king. (laughs) <laughs> you see why the Bible says, a man lifted by the Lord. Oh, let me say something to you. People with financial muscle will help you. Amen. People with connections internationally, they will help you to serve the purpose of God. Amen. You will not have to buy the weapons of war. Amen. No, 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 no. You won't have to lobby to beg anybody. Amen. The Lord will command people to help you. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. Can I just rise to your feet? I feel like we should do that and spend one minute to, to acknowledge God, whichever way you can. Please, just, I just, just one minute and say, Lord, you are the one. You are the one. You are the maker. You are the maker of men. You are the maker of women. You are the maker of people. Yes. You are the maker. You are the maker. You are the maker.